I want to talk a little bit about exotic cars and specifically Ferraris. So exotic cars and Ferraris and these types of cars like Rolls Royces, um, there's a lot of other brands, but basically there's a whole world out there um, with these people in this community of people that can afford these cars. Because growing up, uh, I grew up in a small town in Medford, New Jersey, kind of close to Cherry Hill, and it's right outside of Philadelphia. And I would maybe see a McLaren or a Lambo, like, I don't know, I like very rarely, especially when I was like in high school. Um, still very pretty rarely in Philadelphia. I don't usually see these types of cars out very much. And I just don't think Philly, there's a lot of like the roads are like not great um, in Philly. There's a lot of like potholes everywhere. So if you're if you're driving a nine hundred thousand dollar Ferrari SF ninety, um, you're probably not taking it in Philly to be honest. Um, unless like you know the roads very well and you know you're not going to like basically break your car just by driving through Philadelphia like Center City. Um, the roads are absolutely horrible, honestly. Um, and I would not want to take honestly any car. Um, even my $30,000 Honda Accord, honestly, like I park in the city. Luckily I have a parking garage and where I like drive, the roads aren't bad because that's just my area. But like center city, you're not bringing like even any car, like you're going to bottom out your car. And if it's like a, a Ferrari, like you're not going to bring that to Philly. Um, so I wanted to talk about Ferraris because for example, if you know Robert Herjavec, he's one of the sharks on Shark Tank. And this is a funny story. Um, basically, there's a Ferrari. That's their flagship model. It's called the La Ferrari. And the car that came before it was called the Ferrari Enzo. And the La Ferrari is basically the, um, what's it called? It's not the predecessor. It's the successor of the Enzo. And the Enzo was basically the flagship back then, I think in like the early 2000s, and they phased it out. So the Ferrari Enzo, because they don't make it anymore, there's a finite amount of Ferrari Enzos, and I, they definitely sell for over a million. Um, I'm not sure what the market value is right now, but they're a million dollar plus car, possibly even two or three. I'm not sure what the price is on the Enzo. Let's look it up. I have my computer. Uh, we're going to type in Ferrari Enzo. Um, if you see the Ferrari Enzo, it's like one of the coolest looking cars I think I've ever seen, honestly. And let's see what the price comes up as. Um, the problem with like online when they say the price, it doesn't take into account the current market um, because cars fluctuate in value and especially cars like the Ferrari Enzo. Um, it goes with the market. There's a market for it, kind of like the stock market. And you can't really accurately say how much it costs because it could fluctuate every day. I actually don't see any numbers. Usually when you type in like Honda Accord price, you usually see the price right away. And I typed in, uh, I didn't say price actually. Let's see. I just typed in Ferrari Enzo and I'm typing with one hand. Usually my typing speed, I actually did a typing test and my typing speed was like in the neighborhood of where professional typists type. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. I could have a career in typing. Anyways, the Ferrari Enzo, it's coming up as 2.5 million British pounds, and it says about $2.8 million US. So yeah, that's a $2.8 million car. Now, like even a million dollar car is ridiculous, and basically 99.9% .9 of people on this earth can't afford a million dollar car. And the Enzo is going for 2.8. So it's not only double a million, like just obviously I'm stating that 2 million is double 1 million, but... I'm just trying to put that in perspective because a $1 million car 
Um, basically, it's times three. And this is just um, a little article online. So we don't really know what they're actually going for on the market right now. Because um, I'm not part of that type of market of people who can afford these cars. Hopefully, I will be one day. And why I wanted to kind of get into Ferrari specifically is that if you want a Ferrari like the SF90 Stradale or the La Ferrari and like the current Ferraris, like the top of the line. So one's called the 488 Pista Spider. Um, the 488 Pista, um, this might be the Ferrari that I would get. Um, if I could afford a Ferrari and I'm just going to say it, the, the numbers on the podcast, um, are trending up, um, significantly. Honestly, I've posted about 13 podcast episodes in the last four days and the pod is just growing like crazy. So I talk about like Ferraris and if the viewers just keep going up and up and up on the pod, like just over time, not necessarily all that quick, but just like a year from now. Um, there's no telling where we could be, honestly. Um, it's kind of exciting. I don't know where we'll be. But anyways, the 488 Ferrari Pista, and it's kind of funny too, um, Tesla, Tesla Model S Plaid is actually faster than a lot acceleration-wise. The Tesla has supercar acceleration, um, and which is why I do want a Tesla. Because just that you get so much, you get that supercar acceleration and I haven't experienced it, but I've seen videos of people in Teslas and um, like they do launch mode, which is basically like zero to 60 in like two seconds. And pe the people that were in the car, um, they said it's like crazy how fast, um, but basically the Ferrari market to get a Ferrari, like, like I was saying, the flagship. You actually, um, even if you had, so let's go back to the Enzo and maybe more the La Ferrari. Let's use the La Ferrari as an example because it's current. Um, Enzo, because they don't make it, it's a little different, the market. Um, but I'm pretty sure, actually, they might not make La, La Ferraris. But anyways, the La Ferrari is more recent. I'm not sure if they produce them, um, but the La Ferrari is more recent. So they go for like market value. Um, but the thing with Ferrari, and they're not like any other car brand. Um, they're not like Lamborghini. They're not like Rolls Royce. And I'll explain why. Because Ferrari, they have a really high standard of their brand. And so do most of the car brands. But Ferrari specifically, there's a lot of history um, with Ferrari. There's a lot. They go back to Marinello, Italian, um, Italy. Excuse me. Um, their factory and their birthplace is basically Marinello. And they just value their brand so much that not everyone can even own a Ferrari. Um, yeah, if you're like trying, like if you get like a base model Ferrari, um, you can do that. But like this La Ferrari car, um, the La Ferrari is probably around 2 million also, 2 million plus. I don't even know what it goes for. Um, but to get one of these, you not only, you have to actually, I brought up Robert Herjavec, um for a reason because he's a Ferrari collector. I think he does mention it maybe a couple times on Shark Tank, just that he's really into cars a lot. They do say that. Um, that's like his thing. He's like the car guy. And he actually collects Ferraris, believe it or not. He's a collector of Ferrari cars. And Robert Hershevec, uh, run, he ran, he, I think he had a successful exit. He ran like a security company. I'm not sure if he still does that. Um, he obviously has a lot of other business ventures that he probably focuses on also. So I'm not sure. I'm not really sure what Robert's up to these days, but basically he's a Ferrari collector, like I said. And he didn't talk publicly about any of this. And it was actually 
um, who said this? Um, it might have been either Tim Schmee or the Stradman. They basically revealed that there's a whole system for Ferrari, and I think it was Tim Schmee on Graham Stephan's Ice Coffee Hour. Um, they basically revealed that there's a whole system that the Ferrari like manufacturer, like the actual Ferrari brand, they basically don't let anyone own their Ferraris. Uh, like of La Ferrari, like I was saying, their flagship, even if you have the money, you actually can't own it necessarily right away. And the reason for that is because they actually want you, and this is rumored, um, so it's not fact, this is what I heard, it's rumored, that you have to own at least five other like high-value Ferraris. Like, for example, the Ferrari Portofino and the Ferrari California, these are like the base entry-level Ferraris. Now, don't get me wrong, they're still like $200,000, um, which is obviously very expensive for a car, it goes without saying. So, but it's a Ferrari, and it's the brand Ferrari, but it's their base level. So to get, it, just even to qualify for um, like a La Ferrari, you have to own at least five Ferraris just to even be considered for the La Ferrari. And even if, like they, they basically have allocations, that's what they call it. Um, it's an allocation. So like a lot of people want these cars. Um, there's people that can afford these things and a lot of them want the cars. There's competition for it. Um, they have the money, they have the deep pockets and they can afford these cars and they all want them. They all want the the La Ferrari, the SF90 Stradale. Um, and it's not just Ferrari, but Ferrari specifically, we're just talking about Ferrari. And someone said that they give points um, for each Ferrari that you have. So if I have a Ferrari 812 GTS, which is a V12 engine and they don't really make them anymore. So it's a very um, expensive and um, like prized kind of, it's like a prized car. It's very, um, um, yeah, it's very, it's, a, it's like a very, um, like iconic car. And so let's just do easy math. And I'm not sure if there's these hard and fast guidelines, but just say, for example, you needed 10 points, um, to own the La Ferrari. Like if you have an 812, um, maybe you'd get three points. Um, like it's something like that, that type of system. I'm just using that as an example. I don't know what the numbers are, but it's like something like that. And then say you own um, like a Ferrari 458. Those are a little, I don't think, not sure if they make them, um, but it's not like the Ferrari SF90. Um, if you've heard of the SF90, I was actually, I've, I've known about the SF90 for a while. And Drake actually released an album um, recently. Uh, what was it called? It's his most recent one. Um, it's not the, oh, it is the Circo Loco. That's the song. Um, it's the album that he just released with the girl, like in the pink on the cover. It's a really weird cover photo, honestly. I'm not sure why he decided to go with that. Um, cause like, you're just like looking, you're like kind of listening on Spotify and like, I don't, this girl's face is just like on the screen and she's like, it's just a really weird picture. I don't know why they chose that as the album art. And then like on Spotify, it kind of like moves like you can, it kind of I don't know. They started doing this thing where they basically the artist like submits like I don't, basically like a video for the album artwork and the artist kind of just submits it and it just kind of moves. It's like some of them are cool, um, but this one, it's just like this girl and she like winks and it's like a video and it's just like I don't want to like like he could have chosen anything else. I just don't know why he chose that. But anyways in the song Circo Loco and I caught this I was listening to the song because I like the song and 21 Savage uh, it cuts to like his part in the second half of the song 
And he actually says SF90. And I heard that and I was like, wait, SF90? Like, that's a fucking Ferrari. Um, like, he's talking about a Ferrari. And a lot of people don't really pick up on those things. Um, so to be, I like, I'm really into these cars and the exotics. Um, so like, again, if the pod keeps going up and up and we nail some sponsors, um, and I can just prove the viewership, I'm looking at the viewership of the podcast. I have the graph right in front of me and it's just a hockey stick and we're just in incredible growth right now. And I'm actually thinking about this. Um, I have clients and I have sources of income right now. And I'm basically building passive sources of income. That's what I'm working on because right now I'm very busy and it's kind of like stressful, like to meet these deadlines and all these, like I have a lot going on. So the podcast is taking off and I kind of just want to make content for the pod um, and just kind of just, just chill and just make the content and just upload the videos. Because if you look at the archive, and I think you'll see on January 30th, there's five new videos, five new podcasts um, uploaded in the same day. And they're all like, they're not like three minute podcasts. And I said like, oh, I uploaded five. Um, two of them are at least an hour and the others are like still long form. So I, I did five podcasts in one day and that's still like working and making income other ways. Um, so just think if I just podcasted like for one day for, for an entire day, like I could produce like, let's see, let's do the math. Um, I mean, what, what kind of, I would say like, if I did that, I would want them to be at least 45 minutes each. Um, definitely 45 minutes. Cause I don't want to say like, oh, I uploaded 20 minute podcasts and oh, I did like 50 of them. That wouldn't really count. Maybe we'll just do hour. Let's just do hour plus and see how many podcasts I can upload in one day. Um, hour plus and then we're just going to pump out the content the podcast we're just going to go for it and we're going to see where this uh this ride can take us like i said viewership it's like um it's like a startup uh the podcast right now is a startup business and basically we're seeing incredible traction and if you're listening here um yeah welcome you are early if you're listening to this one um there's going to be so many podcasts um because like say if i did one a day that's 365 a year and i did five so and the five like the day i did five podcasts like i wasn't overwhelmed like it wasn't overwhelming it wasn't difficult there wasn't really any production i just record the audio file i upload it and i did five full length and it was some fire content and that's why i think that's what started the initial uh viewership um because the the viewership shot up basically and um doing strategies to promote the podcast if you see i think it's the one right below this i go over how to promote your podcast because i recommend you get started um there's no excuse why not i'm just like um basically i'm filming this in my living room i live in an apartment in philadelphia and i do have a roommate but he's not really home um he moved out but basically i have the place to myself and I just get comfortable and I plug in the mic and I just start, um, I just hit record. And if I don't like the way that the podcast went, I'll just scrap it. And you guys can do this and where I'm going with this and the Ferraris. Um, there's a guy, I think his podcast, it's um, Entrepreneurs on, Fry, on Fire. And I did listen to it because there was, there he had some good content, I'll be honest, but um, he's just like, I don't really, I'm not a fan of his format kind of, 
But anyways, he shows his income statement and he it is a very popular podcast. Um, so he's doing very well, obviously. And he's making good content. He has a community. I'm not hating. I'm just not. A fa- I just don't really like the, the content. I'm not going to be listening to it. Um, but anyways, he shows his income and it's popular. It's a popular podcast. And I think he reads the ads just like everyone. I think he reads the ads and he gets paid to read the ads off a script. And I've said this before, but instead of reading ads, like you're not getting any ads on this podcast. And if you noticed, I kind of just didn't do an intro either. I just like jumped right into the content. And unless I have a guest on, that's probably what I'm going to do. Like, what's the point of this long intro? I don't understand. And some people have like the intro music and it's just like, it's just a waste of time, honestly. And the ads, like Graham Stephan especially, and I pick on him. I pick on Graham a little bit, but I love him and I love his content. Um, I just think, again, he just goes overboard with the ads and his audience like just knows it's coming. And I just don't think that's the way you should like be advertising because everyone knows the ads are coming and they're there. And at least for me, I just fast forward through basically all of them. So, and I feel like a lot of people do that. I'm not sure like what the percentage is of how many people actually even listen to the ads that these companies pay you to read. Cause like there's someone literally in an office and probably a team and they have to send over to the advertiser, basically the copy, which is just the words that they're actually going to read. It's called copy and they do this and they just send over the copy for the podcaster to read. That's like their job. And they just yeah it's just like i have my own um like products basically so instead of advertising ftx who's now a disgrace and they committed crimes instead of reading ads for ftx guess what i'm going to not even read ads there's no ads i just say if you want this i have a free training um if you want the notes to the show uh there's a link if you want the notes i'll give you lifetime access um, there's a link. If you want lifetime access to the show, it's $9.99. It's $9.99. And you get all the notes because this podcast, I'm going to be teaching you how to run a business. I'm going to be giving you my business model uh, where you can do this yourself. And you might want to take notes. Well, you might not. I don't think you need to take notes because if you buy the notes for life, you'll have them. Um, it's just the notes. It's transcribed. Um, so you'll get the notes and you can really do Um, a lot with those notes. Uh, You can refer back to them if you want to get into affiliate marketing and kind of just online um, business, you can do this. Um, But we're going to circle back to the Ferrari and the podcast because, and this guy, uh, we'll get back to, I think his name is John Lee Dumas, JLD, he calls himself, I think. Um, He seems like a cool guy. I'm not hating, but he gave his income and it was like 1.2 million a month. Um, just off his pod and he's been doing it for a while and mad props he's built up the pod he has a good community i'll I'll say that um seems like he has a strong community that he really like engages with and that's something to aspire to um which is good i'm not hating on the guy um and he's making he's killing it but i'm just saying that that's what that's what's possible when you have a big podcast and it, the sky is even more higher basically because i sell my own courses and i don't have to read ads So basically, you guys are engaged this whole podcast. And when I say something and when I say listen to the old one, listen to the podcast before this, that's my CTA. Um, That's my call to action. Whereas um, basically every YouTube done, basically, yeah, YouTube and podcast, they just make their money from ads and sponsors. 
And I think it's really lame. Why would you like, I don't want to read ads for FTX. Um, they were basically breaking the law and a lot of people were advertising for them. And I don't think, I don't think that's right. I don't think that ad, like if you just have enough money, you can just buy ads. I'm not really a fan of that system. I don't like the advertising and it does work. Um, like even though I do this stuff and I run ads and like, this is what I do for a living, um, branding and ads, they do work, especially the TV ones. Um, because like if I don't even know, I can't name one, but like if there is like a catchy jingle, um, like it honestly does like make its way into your actual life, um, like your real life. And they're just in your mind for things like Burger King, McDonald's, where it's not like really, it's like mass market. Like anyone can basically get a burger. So a Burger King appeals to a wider audience than something like me. And they just have so much money that they can just get in front of the most amount of eyeballs and ears. And it's really just the companies with the most money are the ones you hear about. Because, for example, I did, um, we went on vacation, my family, we went to Italy and we went to the Amalfi Coast. And I don't remember the pizza place. I want to find it. It was the the best pizza I've ever had in my entire life. And I was just thinking, I'm like, why don't more people like know about this place? And then I was thinking because um, they're literally in like a small town, which is the Amalfi, Amalfi, Italy. Um, not sure which like province or state or whatever it's in, but it's the Amalfi Coast. And I was thinking and I was asking myself these questions. I was like, this was the best pizza I've ever had. And I was looking back at like Domino's and stuff in the U.S. I'm like, this is like trash pizza compared to like homemade Italian. Like, you know what I mean? Like this pizza was incredible. Um, like coal oven fire. Like it was just incredible. And it was the best pizza I've ever had. And then I was just thinking like Domino's and like Pizza Hut. They're just they make pizza and it's it's not good. Like it just tastes OK. Like, it, don't get me wrong. It tastes good. But it's not like high quality food. And I just don't, I'm just really, not really a fan of just the advertising and everything. But I want to get back to the Ferraris. And it's an interesting thing to talk about. And a lot of people, at least my friends and stuff, we never talk about like exotic cars because it just never was really even a possibility. Like, never did I think that I might be in a position to afford a $900,000 car. Because, um, like I said, if the podcast, again, if it keeps growing and growing and it's just growing like crazy right now. And I'm thinking if I just upload, like I could easily do five or 10 podcasts a day um, and it would be pretty entertaining and there's no ads. I think like I would really be rewarded by the algorithm for podcasts. I really think it would work. And I also think if I just focused my time on the pod and just literally just producing podcasts like every hour of the day that I'm awake, um, like there's no telling. Like what if I did 10 a day for a month? Ten, I could easily do 10 a day of 30, 35 minutes, um, like easily. I would like to do them hour long. I think you guys like the hour and I like the hour plus, honestly. When I listen to a podcast, generally speaking, I, I'd like the Joe Rogan two hours because I can just listen here on my way to work. Oh, I didn't finish it. I go to work. Um, I commute home and I can listen to it. I can pick back up. Like I just like that format. Instead of like the the 10 20 minute and i've experimented and i'm still going to experiment so get ready for that i'm still going to be experimenting um just with different things and to see what works best i think that makes sense to just keep experimenting and just kind of see where it goes 
Um, but yeah, we're building a podcast studio, but let's get back to the Ferraris and kind of my point, um, where was, I was, my point was kind of that, um, like the Ferrari to get a Ferrari allocation, they call it. Like I said, you have to own like five other Ferraris. Um, so basically like this, if you're just listening and you don't really have any aspirations to own a car like this. Um, it's just like a whole different world. And I was the kid with the Lamborghini on my um, bedroom wall when I was like 10. Like that was me. I always wanted a Lambo. And it was a Lamborghini Gallardo. It was a yellow Lambo. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Um, like the Lambo, it just looked unlike like all these other cars that I see every day. Um, even like my parents' cars, like they weren't Ferraris, obviously. They weren't, it wasn't a Lambo. My parents weren't driving Lambos. And I saw the Lamborghini Gallardo and I'm like, whoa, like I've never seen a car like this and I want one. (laughs) And my 10, 12 year old self, I was just like, I was like, I don't know if I said one day, I think I did. Like I was like one day I want a a Lamborghini and we started the pod and the podcast is just growing and growing. So like there's no telling where we're going to be and you guys are along for the ride. And the thing is, if I produce 10 podcasts a day, which I'm probably going to try like on a weekend or something, I do have a lot of work. Um, I have a lot on my plate right now. And filming the pod um, honestly is the priority. I do have like other pending projects that I actually need to do like soon. Um, But yeah, I just think the pod, I just I'm really just going all in with the podcast and we're seeing what happens and i do have consulting clients and i told them about the podcast so they might be listening and i don't have a problem with that um because i think everything i say is okay to say especially if my clients are listening and i'm careful with that but basically if you're in my shoes and you have a business and you just kind of decided to do a podcast and it's taking off um like it just makes more sense to focus my efforts there in my opinion. Um, I don't know. My clients might disagree, but I just want to give it all with the pod. And I'm sorry if that um, hurts your feelings, but um, this is just me and this is what I want to focus on. And I'll do my best um, with the consulting. But to be honest, um, the podcast is the priority. And like I said, 10 podcasts a day, we're going to cover a variety of things. And I actually do still have a lot of things that I want to talk about, but we'll wrap up with the Ferraris and the Lambos. Um, so like, let's talk about it. So if I was making 1 million a month, like this John Lee Dumas guy, he put his thing, his income, he put it online. So like this stuff's possible with a podcast. And I'm just thinking like I would, I've always wanted these exotic cars. So if the podcast takes off and the more viewers, the more money and the more sponsorships and everything. And if you see this, the, the growth, it's, it's literally a 90 degree angle upwards. We went from zero to like a hundred plays in like a day, literally a day. And things are just going crazy. And I studied entrepreneurship and this is like, this is what I studied. And this is where like successful businesses, like they get started, I guess. And it all starts with this hockey stick growth curve. We literally like were educated and we did a lot of research on this hockey stick type thing. And the it's just that's what we're seeing right now so it has all the the signs to like kind of blow up oh and this is we'll 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 segue um we're gonna we're gonna move on no more exotic cars i'm gonna talk about them more in the future but i had more stuff that i wanted to talk about 
And first, um, I'm not going to say who it was, but I was talking with someone and I was saying how well the podcast was doing. And I was just like excited and like, it's fun. If you have a podcast and you're seeing consistent viewership and the numbers are trending up, it's fun. Like I'm having fun with this. And I was telling him how well it was doing. And he like was, you know, he was into it. He was like, you know, that sounds really cool. Like, you know, like he was happy for me. And then I was actually leaving. I was at a bar and I was leaving and the person um, said to me, he was like, well, don't work too hard. And I was just like, actually, someone said that. I don't remember which podcast it was on, but I heard someone. Oh, it was Jay Waller. It was literally Jay Waller. If you know Jay Waller, Justin Waller, um, he was he's friends with like Andrew Tate. And he said this, um, he was like, he put in work and he basically sacrificed his 20s. He basically put his head down his whole 20s and just worked on his business. Um, and now he's like, obviously very successful. He built his construction business up and very successful guy and very humble. So Justin Waller basically said that someone said something similar to him, like stop working as hard, like don't work as hard. And he literally like looked at that and he analyzed it like why would someone tell you to not work hard um it's just like why like i know i don't think he meant anything bad by it but like it's just like and justin waller said this and he was like the the people see me like putting in work and grinding with the podcast and they're like i don't want to say like i don't want to sound like this but basically like they see that they're not like there um, like they don't have a successful podcast or at least a startup, basically. Like they see that they don't have that. And they kind of, I don't know if it's jealousy, but like, like, oh, don't work as hard. Like, don't work too hard. Like he didn't say it in a bad way and I'm not taking it like that. But he kind of just said, he was like, oh, don't work too hard, man. Like, it seems like you're working really hard, but that's what it's about. Um, and Jay Waller, he sacrificed his 20s to basically do that. And people were telling him, like, don't work as hard, essentially what this person told me. And he looked at that. He's like, well, that's why I'm where I am today, because I did work hard. While, while you're out, you know, at the bar, um, Jay Waller's out putting in work. And the best thing about putting in work for me is that, like, his construction company, for him to put in work, he's got to do manual labor. Um, for me to put in work, I literally just sit here and film the pod. Um, I'm going to have guests on and we actually have a guest lined up. So it's exciting. I'll let you guys know, uh, when it's on the schedule and it's exciting. So we have guests coming on. We have some inquiries. People are reaching out. People want to be on the podcast and it's just going incredibly well. And I couldn't be happier with it right now. And things are just looking good, especially for the podcast and the business in general. Um, so yeah, I'm really setting up some passive revenue sources that have the potential to bring in some money. Um, but it all starts with the audience and you need an audience to do all this because no one else can do this if if you don't have a podcast and if you don't have like a side hustle. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do this. Um, so yeah, I want to wrap that up a little bit because someone told me not to work as hard essentially is what they said. And I just don't understand like where is that person coming from that they, they want me to not work as hard? Like do they see themselves and they see like that they're not really there? Or they're not, they don't really have the same thing going on and they're like, well, man, like don't work as hard, man. Like what are you doing? But like my point is like that's the point. 
um, that you're supposed to work hard and people don't really understand. Like, I want to work hard and I want to do 10 podcasts a day because I think I can. And I want to just try it. But I just didn't really understand that, like, psychologically why someone's telling you not to work as hard. I just didn't really um, see why. And again, it wasn't meant with bad intentions. Um, but I was just curious and I noticed that. Um, I have some more stuff I actually do want to go over. Um, let me see. So I have a lot. Where do I start? Um, with Basically, let's just go with one of them. I want to build a podcast studio because if you look at like podcasts and you look at the pros, they have like a built out studio. And I think that would really help with content um, like quality. And I want to do... I'm actually going to put it on YouTube. I'm going to put the podcast on YouTube. I'm going to film it on um, like a camera. And then I'm also going to upload the audio um, to the podcast. But at the same time, it's just really easy to pump these podcasts out. But the reason I bring that up is because Joe Rogan and a lot of other people, like successful podcasts do this. They basically have like a clips channel. Um, and if you're not familiar, a clips channel is basically like, a two-hour Joe Rogan podcast, not everyone is going to tune in for the whole thing. Not everyone can, like, just realistically. And a lot of people want at least, like, shorter form where it's just, like, they talk about a specific topic um, for, like, maybe 10 or 20 minutes. And then kind of like this podcast, we move on and we talk about something else. So the, the clips essentially is just a YouTube channel for, like, shorter um, cutouts of the podcast because like I talked about the Wayfair conspiracy in like two episodes ago, and it's really interesting, and I highly recommend you listen to that. Um, but the Wayfair conspiracy, um, basically the Wayfair um, conspiracy, I covered that in a previous podcast, and I think just think where I'm going with this is that the podcast studio, if I can produce higher quality content, I can chop it up and I can put it on YouTube, and if I film it, but basically. And honestly, I'm kind of looking for an investment. I think it makes sense to take on an investment right now, like an equity stake investment, like a Shark Tank type thing, just because it makes sense to take on an investment because I could use the cash. And again, the startup with the hockey stick growth, I just realized that it's a startup, the podcast, it's a startup um, because there's income that could be generated from the pod and it's a startup. We're not there yet. It's pre-revenue, but we're getting traction in the market. Uh, essentially that's what's happening. So I'm trying to take on an investment and ideally someone in my family, um, because you usually ask friends and family first when you have like a venture like this, like a startup, because it's still like relatively risky, even though the podcast isn't, but like startups in general, when you're this early, it's like risky because you just don't know. You don't know if people are going to buy your product and things like that. So it's just a little risky um, as a startup, but really there's no risk with the podcast. Um, like there's no risk. I don't see what the risk is. Um, the thing I use to upload my podcast is called Anchor and it's free. So um, basically I want to get an investment and then build this like six studio. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what my plan is because I want the podcast to start bringing in some money and like some sponsorships. I might actually reach out to brands and say, hey, do you want to do something? Um, but at the same time, I don't know. Like I more wanted more like the affiliate offerings. I'm probably going to reach out to my affiliates. Yeah, I'm probably honestly going to do that. I'm an affiliate for probably like 30 brands. 
um, that like want me to sell their products essentially on their behalf, I'm going to reach out to some of them and say that, hey, we're getting some viewers and basically I'm going to get paid to recommend their products. Now, people kind of take advantage of this and it gets a bad name. And I'm the first one to tell you I'm an affiliate for like 30 products. Now, the thing about that is that I don't use all of the 30 and I don't mention them all because honestly, I'm not going to promote them all. I'm never going to promote a link to just a random one. Like a lot of people, they spam like the Amazon links in their descriptions. Like if they want to showcase the gear that they use or whatever, which is fine. I mean, I get it, but it just looks really bad when you just copy and paste a large chunk of like affiliate links. So my strategy, I would just be an affiliate for things like Anchor because I use Anchor to host my podcast. So like if you just think if the podcast keeps snowballing and we keep getting viewers, um, Anchor will probably want me to keep talking about them. Um, because right now um, I could stop talking about Anchor and um, like they couldn't really do anything about it. And like, but I mentioned Anchor so much that they make a lot of money because they're by Spotify. So honestly, they could probably afford it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of it. That's what I wanted to cover. Um, let's see. Yeah, that was the don't work too hard. I was just kind of confused and I wanted to talk about with you guys. I want to also talk about how most podcasters make their money. Um, I did cover this before, but most podcasters read from the scripts and that's how they make their money. And I want to say how I think like my podcast format, like, I don't know, because it's gaining steam again, we're tra- there's traction. And I think this podcast, because the format is a lot different than basically all other podcasts, I jump right into everything. I don't have an intro. I basically cut the content abruptly. So there's no like downtime. There's no like two minutes in the middle that we just go over ads. There's no downtime. There's no intro. There's no outro. And it's just all good content. And I think this is going to change the way some people um, podcast. I think it makes sense. Um, Like just no bullshit um it's like straight to the point i start i hit record and i go right into things no intro like i think that's how a podcast should be there's like it's basically like a tv like it's tv if you think of like television and what that whatever you're watching just say it's like a sitcom like big bang theory it's on like tbs and the big bang theory has like the 10 minutes or 11 minutes of content And then it's ads, right? That's how TV works. That's basically how the podcast works right now. Um, There's the content. If it's like a long podcast, it's like longer form, obviously. But there's the content and then there's the ads. And then there's the content and then there's the ads. Like that's just how it is. And I'm really going to shake things up. And I sell like online courses and trainings and stuff that I stand behind. And I created these free trainings. Um, to get you started, I want to get you off the ground and starting your business, at least your side hustle. And honestly, I don't recommend going into it like full steam ahead and just like dropping everything. I don't recommend doing that because um, it's still risky, especially if you're just starting and you don't have business experience. Um, I'll be honest, it's risky and there's a chance you're not going to make it. Um, that's just the reality. Um, but the point is that you need to be on the the side of the percentage of the people that do make it. Um, So there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who never make it, honestly. And I'm not saying that I made it like I'm not anywhere close to making it right now. If what you would consider making it, I wouldn't tell people that I made it. Uh, Definitely not yet. Hopefully soon. But 
Um, that's how other podcasters basically make their money. And I like to say that. And like, I, again, I'm like, I don't do the ads because throughout the episodes, sometimes more episodes than others, I'll say like to check out my free trainings. Um, like some, I don't say it at all just because I'm producing so much volume of podcasts that it doesn't need to be said in every episode. So I just kind of like to give you guys the content and just not like mess around with these BS ads and these intros and these theme musics and these outros. It's just like drag. It's like drawn out. It's just like people are just trying to like maximize their ad dollars because they want you to just like tune in. But like, that's not how I think because I sell my own products again. So I make money from selling things like show notes to you. If you want the show notes, I sell it for $9.99, like you've heard me say. And it's just a different format. It's a different business model than most other podcasts. And if you're listening, um, thank you for tuning in, especially early. If you're early, um, you're going to be in for a wild ride. I have a lot of good things planned for you. And it's really just cool that I'm able to share these things with you guys. Um, And if you haven't yet, just start a pod. I just call it pod, just a podcast. Um, Just start one. You don't have any excuse because Anchor is free. And all you have to do is go to Anchor and hit record, um, plug in your microphone, get some good audio, and you're good to go. You can just ramble about anything. Come with a list of things that you want to talk about, and you can just run through the list like I do. And yeah, just make a podcast. It can be about anything. And everyone thinks it's like this big like production. Like to make a podcast, like my old boss has a podcast about like boating and stuff. And at the time when I was working with him, I didn't have a podcast. And I was like, and this was like the perception. And me and my coworkers, we were talking about, we were like, whoa, like Bob has a podcast. Like that's, I've like, I wish I could do that. And my point is that you can and you should. It's not like this big production where like you have a you can have a studio, but I don't recommend starting with it. Just like get a microphone and start talking. But basically, um, you can just start a podcast for free and do what I did. Like this doesn't cost me any money. Um, I did reinvest some of my um, money from the business. Like I reinvested it. And the reason for that is because I want to keep upgrading my equipment and I want to keep doing better and better, um, producing better content. And so I just reinvest basically everything. And we have this startup, this startup podcast that's just growing like crazy and we're early. So honestly, I'm probably going to reach out to other brands um, and just like say like, hey, like, do you want me to recommend your product? Like, I'll use your product and I'll give an honest review. That's the thing. I do honest reviews. So if you're a big YouTuber and you have millions of subscribers, you're going to get a lot of inquiries because a lot of people want to capitalize off your audience. Um, So if you do that, Basically, you just get a percentage of whatever like you sell. You just get like an affiliate link and you just get a percentage if you're the YouTuber. But again, um, that's not what I do and that's not um, my business model. And I really think it's lame. I've said it before. Like you just get sent a script and then you read it and they send you money. Um, It's very transactional. Like you don't stand behind the brand. Typically, some people have like sponsors that I've seen and they're very passionate about the brand. Um, like they've been working together for a while. So that's that's possible. But for the most part, especially these YouTube finance guys, they just like read an ad and maybe like the Barstool. They have like a whole podcast network, Barstool. And I think they just uh, like just they like just basically just syndicate it and just just basically read the ads. And like that's what they're all about. 
you know the ads are coming like you know you're going to skip through them so this podcast and what i think podcasters might try to model like just keep everyone engaged don't like overload you don't shove the ads down your throat don't make us skip the podcast like you really want us to like i'm driving on the road and when the ads come on i hate the ads so much that honestly i skip through it as i'm driving and it's not good i just hate the ads so much and i just skip through them when i'm driving and is that what you guys want you want us to be like skipping through the ads Uh, because i'm definitely not the only person that skips them and i'll be driving and i'm on my phone i'm like fuck these guys for two minutes you're gonna waste my time for a freaking ad that i'm not gonna sign up for it doesn't even work like i guess you get some people to sign up for these bullshit offers but not me i mean it doesn't work for a large population it works for a small percentage and it's just like i hate it honestly i hate the ads and some other people might relate and it's just a waste when you read a two-minute ad and i'm like like my time is money i make about like 85 dollars an hour doing copywriting and when you're wasting even two minutes of my time reading a bullshit ftx ad i'm just like fuck you and i still listen to the podcast because they they make good content um the people i listen to um obviously they make good content that's why i listen to them but it's just they just shove the ads down your throat and i'm just like i hate that so we're going to be different if you want something different if you don't want the ads then this is the podcast for you um we go into a lot of different things the name of the show is called the marketing edge so a lot of it does center around business and marketing because that's how i got my start and that's really my expertise Um, So actually, if you're familiar with ChatGPT, I mentioned this before, it actually generated the name of my podcast. Um, I asked ChatGPT to give me some ideas. And one of the ideas was the marketing edge. And I was like, I looked it up. No one had a podcast named that. Um, So I was just like, I'll take it. Um, Maybe I should get the domain. Um, It's kind of a funny story. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But um, my company is called Interface Marketing. And basically, I wanted to get a website back in 2017 when I started the business. And I got a domain, which is like a .com. And it was Interface Marketing LLC. And it was really long. Like That's a really long domain. You don't really want your domain to be that long, generally speaking. Like Anchor.com, Google.com, YouTube.com. It's not usually very long. So the longer domains are just, they don't look nice. And basically, my domain was Interface Marketing LLC. And the reason I bring it up is that um, basically the website, I took it down. I don't know what happened. I don't remember. But the website, I just took it down. I didn't want to pay to maintain it, I guess. And I took it down. And what happened, I think I, I guess I gave the domain back or either I didn't renew the domain. So basically the domain went back on the market and anyone could download or buy Interface Marketing LLC. Anyone could do it. And someone must have been like stalking me basically and looking at look at my information. And they saw that my company's interface marketing and what they did, um, they looked on a domain registry like uh, Namecheap and they saw that it was available. And so what they did, they bought it for really cheap because it's a cheap domain because no one really is going to have, no one's really going after interface marketing LLC spelled out. Um, So someone just basically saw my information and saw that that was my company and that the domain was available and they bought the domain. Um, So it's theirs now. And I can't use Interface Marketing LLC. And they basically relisted it on the the registry. So keep in mind, they probably bought it for $10 because it's no one wants it. It's like $10 for the .com. 
And then I saw, I just like revisited my website. I just like typed it in and wanted to see like what it looked like for some reason. I just typed it in and I saw it was like redirected to like a GoDaddy page and it was for sale again. And the guy put it up for sale for $2,000. So basically the point is that people buy and sell these domains. There's companies that buy and sell .coms. And it's not just .com, .org, .net. You can do all those, .io, .ai. I say .com because I think everyone kind of knows what that means. And there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of buying and selling of domains because they're valuable. So just think like, I think it was actually business.com was the domain. I could be wrong, but I think that was like the most expensive domain sale ever. I'm not sure how much. Definitely multi-million, maybe more. Um, yeah, so that's a little about domains. I do have some more on my list. Um, let's see. Yeah, so I'm going to try to do like five or ten podcasts a day just for maybe a week and see how it goes. Um, I honestly think it's going to be exponentially increasing. Um, It already is. So to give you guys that much content, um, I'm doing other promotional methods where you have to listen to another podcast that I go over that, like what I'm doing to actually promote the podcast. Because um, a lot goes into it, believe it or not. And yeah, so I really see the podcast taking off. Um, and you guys are along for the ride. It's going to be an interesting ride. Again, we have traction. We have viewers. We have, we're almost going to hit, let's see, we could do the, the stats of Anchor because it does update frequently. And again, Anchor, I can't recommend you guys enough because you changed the, the game for the podcast. Um, let's see the Anchor stats. All right. Whoa, the audience increased drastically. Wow. So it's 763 plays. The last time I checked, the audience size was 43. And now it's uh, 57. So the audience is uh, growing very, very quickly. Um, so, yeah, we had the hockey stick and then it did level out. We came crashing down to Earth, so to speak. We came crashing down. We didn't go to the moon. Um, it's kind of funny to talk like that. We didn't go to the moon, but we were on our way. If you see this growth curve in two days, you're going to be um, shocked because um, it's insane. It's this this graph. Maybe I'll post a screenshot or something of it. It's literally, oh my God, dude. It's like, it's wild how, how this growth curve is literally what I studied in school. And again, this podcast is a startup. And when you have like growth curve like that, um, it's a good sign. I'm not saying the podcast is going to like bring in a billion, a billion dollars, but it's just a good sign. It's just like the start. It's been like less than a week. Let's see. How long has it been? Dude, it's literally been three days and i have like a lot of podcasts already uploaded yeah i think it started january 30th one two three it's the fourth day four days like 15 podcasts uploaded and just the viewers are just going crazy and the views and everything i think it's just wild what's going on um and i just like to share it with you guys um it's pretty fun to do it's just fun to make a podcast and just talk and ramble. And I'm going to have some guests on, which I'm excited for. Um, but let's move on. One thing I had on the list is that I'm an SEO copywriter. So there's a lot of different copywriters out there. And you can do a lot of different, um, yeah, copywriting. You can do social media copywriting where you do social media posts. You could do, um, let's see, blog posts, articles, uh, which is what I do. I do a lot of that, writing blogs. Um, you can do website content and technical copywriting. Basically, there's a lot of options. 
and people specialize in different things. And so me, I'm an SEO copywriter. So I optimize basically everything for SEO. And I'm a good writer, I would say, you know, I'm a decent writer. I was always strongest in writing. And so my writing, it's obviously grammatically correct. It sounds good. It reads well. Um, but more, I'm more focused on the keywords and the SEO. So like when I was working for a client and they didn't really like maybe like a sentence or two, like they would come back and like correct the sentence. But I'm like, I don't write it for like the linguistics to sound good. I write it because it's optimized for SEO. And even if this sentence, maybe you want to change the sentence. Um, honestly, it's not going to help with SEO. It might even um, not, it, it might even make it worse because I could have a keyword and SEO, you target different keywords and I could have a keyword in the sentence that you don't like and you tell me to change it. And then that takes out the keyword. And then Google doesn't pick up that keyword because it's strategically placed. Every keyword um, is strategically placed throughout the article. So when a client comes back and was like, you know, I didn't like the way this read or like, can you change this? Just redo it. Like, I didn't like this paragraph. Just redo it. Like when you do that, like I'm probably going to push back a little bit because all of my articles, um, they're all SEO optimized. And they're going to get you on search. Um, and then when you tell me to redo a paragraph, it's like you have you don't know what you're talking about. I'm the SEO expert. And I have to basically make that clear to you that if you don't like a little sentence or a paragraph, um, it's not really about the like if you just don't like the way it sounds. That's not what it's about. It doesn't matter what you what you like the way it sounds or not. What matters is if you get on Google and if you get on SEO and do search, you want to get discovered. You don't necessarily want to have the most grammatically correct um, or whatever blog. And honestly, they say like the average reading level is like a sixth grade reading level in America. So maybe they didn't like the way something sounded. Maybe I oversimplified something or I used really simple language. The reason I use simple language, and even if, I guess if it's different, if you have a target market that's very defined, like maybe like you, you're targeting like PhD students for something, just a random example, then it's a little different and it's a little different on email because email is different and it does actually matter if you do email marketing. Um, there's not as much, like w when someone comes, pushes back on a blog and they like tell me to like revise it or whatever. Honestly, I'm like, it doesn't need any revisions um, because I do the SEO so well and I put the keywords in and I optimize it. Um, it does so, it's such a, a good approach that it's going to get you on Google. And when the client comes back and they're just like, yeah, you need to redo this. I'm like, well, at the end of the day, they are the client and they have to be happy with it. And I do want to make them happy with the article. And I don't think that if they're truly not happy with it, I do try to push back and say, hey, you know, just because it says this and you wanted it to say something else, um, it's still going to get you on Google. And that's what matters, in my opinion. And if you just want it to sound good, honestly, I'm going to push back and I'm going to say, I don't really think it needs any edits. Now, what I will do, I'll probably reread the article because, you know, I do have to, you know, prioritize my time. Sometimes I do, you know, the assignments quick and I read it and revise it. But sometimes I don't do as thorough of an editing job. Um, it's just the way it is. Um, so, like, I do reread it and I'm like, they maybe have like a lot of comments. And it's funny, this um, 
I mentioned them and I do freelance writing for fastexpert.com and they're a very high authority website and they pay me basically 16 cents per word, which means they sometimes have 2000 word articles. So I'm just going to do some quick math. They'll give me a 2000 word article to do and I get paid 16 cents per word. So 2000 times 0.16 is going to be how much I get paid. Um, which is just 160 times two. So I get paid 320 for a 2000 word article from fast expert, um, $320. That's probably about two hours of work, maybe two or three hours of work. And I get paid 320. That's where the 85 an hour comes in. This is how you can really make a lot with copywriting. But my point about fast expert is that they actually don't have pretty much any edits for me. Um, they're my highest paying client because their website is so, uh, it has a lot of impressions. It's a high traffic website. And they're my best client. Um, they have zero edits. And it's because I optimize it. I put links in the article for their website. Um, so people can click internal links and go to other posts. That's a good way to optimize your articles to include internal links. But basically, they just are so chill and they know SEO so well because um, they're, they're experts themselves. Their website's called fastexpert.com. And they definitely have an SEO team and we work really well together because the SEO team, they know how I think and they know that I'm putting the keywords in. They know that I'm linking to internal um, blog posts and that's the way to do SEO. So I think the team at Fast Expert, like they know that I'm, I know what I'm doing here and they're the, they're the least um, like hassle of a client. I really just, they give me the topic, they give me an Excel sheet. I do the work and like I do one a week for them and it's just so easy. And my point is that the, some of the, um, the, the clients I work with that are actually lower paying clients, like they might pay me a lot lower or like they're like fast expert is great because they pay me so much for so little work and they don't have any edits like ever. Um, they, I send the Google doc to them. They say, thanks. And then a couple days later, the um, the article gets published on their website. And that's just how it works. It's really easy. So if you're going to be a freelance writer, um, it's important to know that even when you're getting started and your rates are lower, um, you still might get some hassle, some headache clients that think they know like what they're doing. And if you're just starting as a freelance writer, like I didn't know all this when I first got started. And then I just educated myself and watched YouTube videos. Honestly, that's all I did. And you can do it yourself. But I realized that the clients with lower, not all the time, but like with low budgets, they're the ones that are the most headache. And working with a company like Fast Expert, it's all online. I've never had a Zoom call or anything with them. They found me through Fiverr and I still have them on Fiverr. They're my most consistent client and they pay the most. And it's just funny that they're the highest, most authoritative like client that I've ever worked with. And they have zero edits. They just, they love my writing. They know what I'm doing or they know that I know what I'm doing with SEO. And like I said, when you internally link and you include the keywords, um, there's no going wrong. And maybe if one sentence could have sounded better grammatically or just like tone wise, and you think that my writing could have sounded better, Again, unless you're an SEO expert, which if I'm working with you, um, you're probably not. That's why you hired me to be the, the SEO expert. 
And if you want to work with me, um, you know, you have to trust that I know what I'm doing here and that you're not the expert, essentially. Um, and I know that sounds like maybe I'm on my high horse here. But if you hire a consultant, there's a reason you hire them because they're an expert in whatever they're consulting you on. And when you come back and tell me that I need to fix my writing, it's like, no, I, I really don't think I do. Because um, like I said, it could actually hurt the SEO and it could make you not get discovered. So would you rather it just sound like picture perfect or would you rather get discovered on Google? Um, I know what I would choose. And I think you have an idea of what you're going to choose too. Um, so I just wanted to rant a little bit. And um, just to say, if you're going to be like starting a podcast or doing freelancing, maybe not podcast, but like if you're going to be working with clients, um, you just have to be ready that you're going to have some headaches. You're going to have some headache clients and they tend to be the ones that have the lowest budgets and that don't um, really spend a lot. Um, yeah. So just want to get get that off my chest. Um, let's see. Let's go back to exotic cars. I like talking about exotic cars, especially like a Rolls Royce. So a Rolls Royce Phantom, um, if you look up Rolls Royce Phantom, it's basically their flagship and it was actually in the Sons of Anarchy. If you've seen Sons of Anarchy and you get to like this fifth or sixth season, um, there's a guy named Damon Pope. I forget. It's a big actor. I forget his name. Um, but he drives in a Rolls Royce uh, Phantom and like he gets out. He's like a drug kingpin, basically. And he drives. He doesn't drive it. He's just in the back. And he is a Rolls Royce. I think it's either a Phantom or a Ghost. It might actually be a Ghost. But the point is that it's a Rolls Royce. And like just these cars, like there's just something about it that is just it's just miles ahead of just like the regular old Honda. Um, and just like I want to be in the position to afford some of these cars. And I think, like, again, with the pod, it's growing steadily. We, we're going to get some sponsors probably. I'm uh, probably going to start reaching out to brands, honestly. So we're going to get some sponsors. Um, we're going to start bringing in some money. And who knows where it can be from, you know, a year from now. If I do on average, like, I won't do five or ten a day. But if I go all in, honestly, I could. Like, no one. I want to see what's the record. What's the record for publishing podcasts? How fast? And I think what I'm going to do is either hour long. I think the hour long honestly just looks good. I think I'm going to try to shoot for the hour, hour plus. It just looks good. And I'm going to try to pump out as much podcast episodes as I can in one day. Um, I'm actually going on a ski trip this weekend, so it's not looking like this weekend. But uh, just be prepared. Be prepared for 10 hour long podcasts in one day. Um, we're going to try to break a record. Um, so if you're interested,